Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. I remember uh, telling Jess that I was going to go to this place called Bethel years ago. I guess it's been almost 13 years ago. Maybe 12. I think it was 2011. I know. Time flies. And I flew out there for a leader's advance. It was a, like a, similar to our pastor's conference, I guess. It just to help equip the church. Not just the church, but people in general who are leading. And I walked in and there was this uh, short, red-headed, curly-haired, wild woman <laughs> leading so beautifully. I didn't quite understand everything going on in the room, but I, I, had, I knew the presence of the Lord and, and felt the presence of the Lord. And I sat way in the back. I think I was one row from the last row. And that really is what exposed me to, to the ministry the Lord had given Steph. And after that, it kind of grew into me finding these tracks of her worshiping that I would use in prayer. Um, I would take Tuesdays and just be with the Lord from about six to five. Um, and and uh, there was one, this one song that uh, Steph was leading that really began to move my heart in prayer. And, uh, and so I've always, and I, I know I'm speaking for Jess as well. Do you have a mic? Yeah. Um, we, we so love, and we love Steph as a friend and as a sister in the Lord, but it's, we also honor Steph for who she is in the Lord. She's, you know, it's really wise to know uh, when they're in that place. You know, you have to know uh, when the anointing comes on someone that you know well and then posture yourself to receive. Like in that, in that moment, they're not just a friend and a sister. They're, they're the servant of God. So we've really always loved and honored Steph and then when we moved out there, she had a little Airbnb and we, we uh, started staying there. And that's really how we connected. Jesse had actually had a dream. And, uh, and the Lord entered our hearts, and then Steph so graciously said yes to coming to Jesus 18. And that is really what birthed uh, a real covenant relationship in the Lord. And I'm so glad it happened that way. It started in his presence. Yes. And it's been beautiful to watch the Lord work in and through Steph over these last five years. Not that he wasn't before, but I've had a front row seat over these last five years and we vacation together. We'll be in Israel together next, next month. Which I don't know how. We're going to need a wheelbarrow just to get her around. <laughs> I don't think she's going to, like the first holy site, she's going to be. <laughs> Poor Stephen. I think <laughs> Stephen's going to be fireman carrying her around the Holy Land. Uh, but I've, I've seen this, um, I've seen the daughter of a faithful pastor who's gone on to be with the Lord and a faithful mother who's a true worshiper of Jesus, but I'm seeing those old roots come alive in 
staff. And I'd love for you, staff, just to talk about what the Lord's been doing recently. Your latest, and this isn't an album plug, you know us well enough, but that last album, what she wrote, every word was dripping. It was loaded. It was beautiful. It was Jesus-centered. It wasn't vague. It was clear gospel. It was so beautiful, Steph. And so talk to us. What's the Lord been doing in your heart? What's burning in you now? So many things, but I, um, it's, it's interesting after, um, after dad passed and of course I always, um, sung the songs I grew up on. They're always the ones that I sing in prayer, the ones that we've talked about this, you know, that you come back to because they've, they're, they're the word. They're mm-hmm. written from the word. So mm-hmm. they, la- they stand the test of time. They, they carry on through generations because right. you can't write better than the Word of God. <laughs> you can't write a new song that's better than that. Right. There's no such thing. And so, you know, all those songs came up and I felt when Dad went to glory, I, f- you, you, I felt something new fall on me. Because um, I... I promised the Lord and I promised him that I would carry on that legacy. You promised your dad. My dad. What was he, was he like? His, oh man. Thanks for asking Matt. Cause that's where, I mean, that's where I saw Jesus. He, uh, so every night he was very playful with us. I have so many memories of him being really playful with us. I remember when like if hard things happen, you know, when you're a kid, he would just like scoop us up and make it fun. I have that memory a lot. My and mom would tell you this. My mom is, she, I mean, you know her now. I mean, she's wonderful. She's a queen. She really, yeah, truly she is, is like, other than. Yeah. She's uh, amazing. Uh, like fortified. I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it. It's like the Lord is just <laughs> in her. But um, dad was super playful. And I have all these memories of him. Like when I was sick in the night, uh, he, he would care. He was always carrying me around and praying over me. And, and when I was sick, he'd sit by my bed and read the word over me. We just cry together. Wow. I'd wake up at, uh, every night. If like, if he was gone ministering for, uh, some nights, I would still, uh, wake up to the sound of his voice, kneeling next to my bed and praying over me. And, um, his hand would just be, and he had one hand on on me and one hand on his face, just praying wow. over us and sometimes weeping. And um, I think he was also in deliverance ministry a lot. And he, I remember him often calling my mom after a, a session with someone and saying, I, I can't tell you how thankful I am that I'm married to you. <laughs> I can't tell you how thankful I am for our children. And, um, I'm thankful you don't have demons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but yes. It's always nice to not marry someone with demons. <laughs> There's no shame if that's happened Great because tip. the Lord is here to set us free. Yeah. Um, there's no shame in that, uh, but, but it's wonderful when you can go in without them. <laughs> um, so it was just, he was always very thankful. If mom stayed late to work with the choir or ministry or something like that, he, he always wanted to, he, was a, he wanted to help. 
He's, he wow. would see a need and be doing it before you could ask for it. Wow. And sometimes my mom was like, I almost feel bad. He's so helpful because she, she was, they were so wonderful. They worked together so well. And he would just like, he'd want to make us food if we were, like if I had a game or we had. Just, he loved he was, the word. He loved the word. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I was able to leave the house in his presence without him looking at me and just with his big finger and going, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Wow. Psalm 34, 7. And he delivers them. Just, I mean, right in the eyes, every, every chance he got, you know. And I, his answers were always with scripture. Yeah. Which you love and sometimes you don't. Right. When you're younger, you're but like. you love it now. Oh, I, 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 I cannot imagine not having had that. In fact, I, I realize and feel grateful all the time for uh, I felt like they made it really easy for me to fall in love with Jesus. Wow. And I know that's not everybody's story, but it's very true for me. Wow. When you come down in the middle, and we've talked about this so many times, but I just, I'd get up in the night. I dreamt a lot. I, I, I saw a lot of things, I think, as a, as a kid. And I would get up in the night, and I would see the light from the TV on, like sometimes at 3 a.m., you know. And I'd go down, and Pastor Benny would be on the, he'd be watching, Dad would be watching the Crusades. It just streaming tears. Yeah, beautiful. And and I, you know, you know the presence of the Lord in your home. And I, I would sit at that was the kid who would sit at the top of the stairs to listen because I knew if we had friends over, they'd end up in prayer. Because <laughs> it's like it might have started with dinner and cards. But, but it gets around the piano eventually too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's worship and prayer and someone is being delivered of something. <laughs> and you're just so I'd sit at the top of the stairs and listen. Like I would not go to sleep. I was so hungry to be close to whatever the Lord was doing. And and you know when I would come downstairs in the night, he would just he just say, "Come on." He didn't send me back to bed because he knew he knew that I was so drawn to the presence of the Lord. He knew that I wanted to be close. And so he took me into some like when I got older, he'd pull me in on deliverance sessions, like as an intercessor. And I'll tell you what. Watching Jesus set people free is so beautiful. Mm. People who are bound, that, yeah, curling up on the ground like snakes thrashing at the walls. and You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then to watch them so set free, you would never have known, unscathed, wow. watching their eyes change color. The joy of the Lord set them to dancing like I've never felt this. In the Nazarene church. In the Nazarene church. Jesus is on the throne. Amen. He is. Amen. And, and he, ugh, the thirsty will always drink and the hungry will always eat. Jesus is so faithful. And we saw that our whole lives. It's like there was a need. Just all and, with, and Prayer you, was the first And you grew choice. up, obviously, in, in the, your home. Was a, mm -hmm. Your daddy and mom served the Lord beautifully. Mm -hmm. but then the Lord began to pour out his spirit in the, in the church. Say that again. The Lord began to pour out his yes. spirit in the church. Oh, yes. Talk to them about how you tell people to find the, how they'd say the this church? is the right building. Uh, when we were at, in Worcester, Ohio, not this just for context, this place in general, the land had been known for a place where like the occult and Satanism, like there was one of the fathers of Satanism that said if he would retire anywhere, he'd like to retire in Worcester, Ohio. I mean, it's not like you're like, let's take our family and head on over to Worcester. But the Lord called us there. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was so beautiful because when I think about how the Lord set that up, 
we were, we were like, worship, we were a worshiping family and we were a family of like prayer and deliverance and discipleship and together it was like, so there was always worship and there was always deliverance and there was, it was just so wonderful. Um, but yeah, we came in and this church was so beautiful. I mean, they were, they were worshipers. I learned, I would say I learned to like something about Davidic worship there. I had never seen, wow. I'd never seen anyone worship. Like I saw their team worship the, you know, who's a dear friend now The the worship, um, pastor at the church, I should say, would put down his instrument and just take off dancing uncontrollably. He, it's like he, he wasn't even aware anyone was there. It wasn't just like this. We were in a Nazarene church, guys. It's not just like wild, mm-hmm. cut loose, anything you want. But when the Lord would come, it's like he would just, he'd forget himself. And they would just forget themselves. And it was, I was so grateful because I was like, there are others, you know? It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and so um, it was so wonderful, you know, because like you have that in your, in the secret place with the Lord. You know, there's so much that happens there because he's wonderful, but you don't expect all of it necessarily to happen outside and it shouldn't, but it was wonderful to see and it changed my life forever. And the Lord started to pour out on this little congregation of worshipers that were so hungry and there was literally, I love you. I love all of you. I do, I love you. I felt the Lord just like, The presence of the Lord started falling on the worshipers in this house. And we, uh, we would stay till like sometimes two or three in the morning. People would linger and like go back to sleep for a couple hours. We had doctors and, you know, like people in the congregation that like worked all night shifts and sometimes they'd just go. Just the presence of the Lord was so precious. No one wanted to leave. And he started pouring out in such a way that there was like a, uh, the only thing I know how to describe it is like a, a firelight. It was, it was like a fire by night. And he, it would light up um, like from the steeple. And people started, we had, it was a tiny church. People started pulling off of the road and just showing up like, what's going on in here? Like, <laughs> because it wasn't catching fire, but there was, it was like a flame wow. over the top. Randy, Randy Clark came with his interns. They, they flew out because they heard about what was happening. He came out and ministered, changed my life forever. And he, he'll still talk about it. I've never, I've never experienced anything like that anywhere else, but yeah, people would. And, and, and people would say, just go to the church with that light on top of it. Yes. They're like, well, the yeah. Lord's moving because there, no, there was no room we had to open. So like all these doors that go into the hallways, we, they were all open and people were in the hallways and uh, we just brought the kids and everyone was sitting on the stairs, the side of the stage, just crammed in as close as you could without like fire code problems. And then, yeah, it was so, it was life changing. I mean, we prayed for those things our whole lives. Um, I remember my, you know, d- dad would just linger at the altar and pray with people and you had, people would just get, the demonized would just go f- free and worship. Just yeah. the presence of the Lord's so thick. You don't, <laughs> he just does it. Yeah. And, um, so many getting saved. Yeah, I was marked there forever. 
I knew, I knew that he touched me in a way that I could not, I could not unsee what I'd seen. Mm-hmm. And that there was no going back from there. We actually met, uh, someone handed me a tape of uh, Bethel worship sometime in the midst of all that. And they're like, hey, you remind me of these people. <laughs> okay, thank you. Like, I had no idea. Thank you. Thank you. And um, my pastor listened to Pastor Bill a lot, but I had no idea who they were. And they hand me this, <laughs> hand me this tape and I went home and put it on. I was like, huh, that is strange. <laughs> it was just yeah. like a, there was a kindred, mm-hmm. there was a kindred. Do you remember our first meal together when, Oh boy. Steph, Steph doesn't, um, <laughs> she, di- she dives into the deep end, like relationally. So it was our first dinner together. Do you remember, do you remember what she said to you? She just basically looked at me and said, so you're Benny Hinn's daughter, huh? What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, are we really going to go there right now? Right, okay. And no, Steph goes, yeah, we're going And I there. said, for context, <laughs> yeah. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good because I've been asked girl. that when people don't like him. So I was like, okay, it's safe. Okay, good, good, good. So I'm, I've always been there. Yeah. It was, it was special. Yeah, that was the first time we'd had dinner together after you guys had said that. Because you'd been with Stephen more than me, mm-hmm. just interacting mm-hmm. over the, the house. The first time we met you actually was at Bethel in the cafe. In the cafe and we had a mutual friend. And you were at a BSSM session. I guess you were just hungry and you wanted to go in and hear the word that day. And you just grabbed me. And I'm not like a touchy-touchy kind of person. And you embraced me so so tightly that I felt like my walls just came down. I was like, I think me and her have a future because I don't know what that just was. But she just broke all the walls. Like you saw through me. I don't know what it was. But I don't know if you remember well, that, but that was the first I, interaction we ever had. I do remember yeah. throwing my arms around you and you resisting for just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I look, um, then there were some really sweet moments at 18 and 19 in the back. And, oh, man. Yes. And then our hearts were yes. knitted. You know, I... There's something about the Lord when he brings, when the Lord brings people into your life in his glory, there's something uh, of longevity connected to that. You know, it's, it's when you go somewhere in the presence of God together, there's like an unspoken uh, love, unspoken value and an unspoken connection. And I think the reason it's unspoken is because it's difficult to actually describe Yes. You know, I like when I look at our team, I, I think we'd all be able to say that together, that we've gone somewhere together in the Lord. Yeah. And as a congregation, uh, we've gone somewhere together in the Lord, and that knits heart. The students, the same, yeah. So, I've seen like the fire of God come on you in a fresh way, Steph, uh, as of late. What, do you have language for it? I, What's he bit. done in your heart? I might stumble over it a little bit. Um, I think in these last number of years, you, uh, the veil feels is technically torn in two, but it feels like everything's gotten so thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Everywhere is a thin place. Anywhere that we're in his presence is sanctuary. Anywhere with him is glorious. And I know that he doesn't, he doesn't always move that way, but he is. I think looking for friends that are, they lose taste for everything else. You know, what could, mm-hmm. once you've tasted even the tiniest bit, and it is only the t- we have no idea. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. We've only barely tasted. Oh, that's wonderful. But I think the road is getting more and more narrow. Yeah. For me personally, it's gotten more and more narrow. Yeah. And I what think a lot of, I, th- um, I think it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because this is what happens when we're alone together. Mm-hmm. And we laugh and talk about all the everyday things, but it's also the, it always ends up, starts and ends with Jesus. And it's so hard to find people that w- would die for the gospel and friendship, especially in the West. Mm-hmm. People that you can trust, like, oh, no, there's no way. There's no way that that one's turning their back on Jesus. You know, like, I can count on getting that the answer will be from here. Right. That it will line up with the nature and the character Amen. of Jesus. Yeah. I can count on you to tell me if there is a bus coming towards me. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. He said one time, we, Michael, we were on we the both phone with him. issued them. bus warnings to one another. Y- yes, we have. We, <laughs> yep. I'll never forget the first time uh, he said that to me. We were all on the phone talking about something. He said, hey, Steph, so, ge- so gently, hey, Steph, you would want me to tell you if I saw a train coming right for you, right? And I was like, well, yes. Yes, I would. And he's like, okay. Well, then I just wanted to... And he, and he like gave me a really kind honoring of people, but warned me like, hey, let's... If you venture out this lane, this is good. You venture over here, that, that water's murky. You're going to want to stay right here. I'm like, yes, sir. Thank you, friend. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I think... So these last years, the... The Lord has, it's been painful, and I know that you all know, you you know, you know, people, even in friendships, relationships, people we were really close to and thought we would walk with some for life. Um, Their stories started changing, went in a different direction, and it was like, oh, we, we were pulling in more tightly to like the gospel than we ever had. Like Jesus is the way not changing the channel. Mm -hmm. There's not another option. There's not another solution. We've been ruined forever. This is, there is no turning back. If we lose it all, whatever the Lord asks of us, we're his. Yes, yes, before you ask a thing. And, um, and all the details, all the details, the things that were permissible, don't want them, right? Hold on. Talk, talk about that. That just because it's permissible. Oh. oh because yes. you're in the middle of a lot of that. A lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we are. We're in an area where um, it's a really comfy Christianity. Mm-hmm. Really comfy. Like kind of we... Um, there are things that are not necessarily a sin issue. Right? They're mm-hmm. not necess- they may not be an outright sin 
But as we grow in maturity, it's like what you said to me, the, the further into the glory we go, the less we can take with us. Mm. It's so true. The road does become more narrow. Mm. And if, um, and the closer we get to Jesus, the, the, the less all of it, just the less all of it matters, the desire for it, right? In Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and then right after that, the next verse, talks about how the lust of the flesh, like if we belong to Christ, the flesh like is, is gone, it's out of the way, but not just like that sinful choice, but the desire for it. Mm-hmm. The, the, the passion for that, the, um, the passion for an old way of living, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't sinful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Things that were like, well, this is a, yeah, you know? And, but it's like, oh, we're not, we can't, we're not going to watch this anymore. It wasn't foul, but it's not helping me. It's right. not helpful. Right. It's, no, it's not sharpening me. It's not making me more sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Amen. Right? If it is, if it is replacing or taking up space that he could be filling, I, I'm out. I want it gone. And I think... It's true. Um, and, and it's like an appetite. You get to decide what you crave. Mm-hmm. But it takes the choice to start eating a different way. Yes. It, it, it is discipleship. We have to be disciples of Jesus. We, we are like disciples. We're, we're learning his ways. If we're his students and he's our rabbi, we want to smell like him. We want to look like him. Yes. We want to walk like him, talk like him. We, right? We, we want to walk in a room and people to go, oh, I know that smell. Mm-hmm. I know that. Whew. You know? Not because they're looking for us, but because mm-hmm. they recognize that we've been with him. Mm-hmm. The oil's dripping. Amen. You know, when they look you in the eye, they're like, right? Because you've been in his presence. Yeah. You've been so close. You're staying so close. And so I'm, I'm just, for me, the things I pray for everyone else, I'm praying for me like 10 times more. That's just the truth. What do you mean by that? I, asking the Lord to keep me, to keep, to keep me like Catherine did, keep me as the apple of your eye. Mm-hmm. Don't let me go. Mm-hmm. Keep me. Don't take your presence from me like David prayed. Because I know that I'm this far away like anyone else could be from, from stepping into those things, from, from thinking that when he comes, it adds something to do with me. Or if I don't stay sharp, if I don't throw myself back into the fire and back on the altar all the time, if he's not the one that I wake up with and I come back to, all day, every day, then I start to have an appetite for whatever else is, is filling that space. In the back, we were just talking about yeah. this. Um, Steph said, you know, I, I pulled in uh, to church today. I told Josh, what a privilege that we get to come and be in the Lord's presence. And even as the pastor of, of, of this church, I'm still like a kid. Yes. Blown away because I was there and you were actually there when all of this started and uh, we were shocked when it started and we're shocked now. And it doesn't have to do with attendance. It doesn't have to do with YouTube or any social media. It, 
has to do with the joy, that crisp, clean beauty in the air yes. that you've tasted before and you know how rare that is. And so pulling onto the property, yes. things feel more beautiful. It's you know, like yes. even some of our signs, you know, the wind blows them crooked and they, they, look, yes. they look beautiful. Yes. Not that I noticed uh, them at all. But <laughs> the, the, I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Saw two cars roll in late, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but, um, which means I was late because I rolled in with you. But uh, at least I flew. I, I came from Seattle. You came from Apopka. So <laughs> a little shorter. <laughs> but uh, I came in so thankful. Um, for, the list would go on and on as to what I'm thankful for. So we went in the back yeah. and was watching Amy give the altar call. Yeah. And the team leads so beautifully with joy and Alicia leading the choir and all of you coming in with smiles on your face. You sit hungry for the word. It feels like such a well-rounded, beautiful, Jesus-like community. Yes. And we were sitting in the back and I, Amy was doing the altar call and I said, you know, you see the presence of God on Amy. You could feel the presence of God on the room and what I told uh, Steph and Lisa and my son and a few others in the back was that the Lord comes with this grand announcement. It's his nature. When he shows up, it's a tangible encounter. And I can take you back to these marking moments over the last uh, few years where they were pivotal corners that were turned into the spirit. We, we, we can all... Go back. I probably. I, I guarantee you, if we all made a list, ninety percent of the list would be identical. Yeah. Like when you had your encounter, a vision of Jesus, and Steph was over you, protecting you, keeping the camera people away from you. Love so, you. I think somebody came in for a shot, and Steph's like, "Quick, stiff arm." Like, <laughs> not the time. I did. And so these are start marking moments and that's the way the Lord comes in you look at the day of Pentecost he comes in noticeable tangible fire visible Uh, the dedication of the temple the cloud comes they can't function they can't minister the fire falling on the altar of sacrifice uh, and remaining these are marking visible tangible moments right but then when the Lord leaves Samson the scripture says he did not know the Lord departed oh Jesus so he comes in a very noticeable, grandiose way. But when he, and I'm not saying he leaves this internal dwelling in the heart that makes us his own. I'm not going there. This isn't a salvation issue. This is his abiding with a people. Yes. That, uh, when, when he goes in that way, I, he goes quietly. Similarly, in a similar manner to when he left Nazareth. The Bible says he went there, his heart was to heal them. Mm-hmm. And it's his hometown. He wanted to heal everyone he grew up with. I mean, yes. what a wonderful heart. What a wonderful Jesus. And they go, wait, we know who you are. You're Mary's son, you're Joseph's son. And, and, and then he announces who he is and they want to throw him off a cliff. His way of leaving was, the scripture says, he departed through the midst of the crowd. So he left in a very gentle, loving way. Imagine that forever Nazareth will be the town 
by which the Lord departed and rubbed shoulders with them on his way out. That's how much he loved them. He's like, I'm, I'm leaving, you're rejecting me, but you're gonna forever have to live with this, that I walked right past you. You were that close. So I said in the back, if the Lord lifted here, if his glory lifted from among us, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. And it's possible to keep things going and most of the people not know. But you know. Yes. You know in your heart. We would know. And the only way home from there would be to admit it. The problem is, is the reason most ministries keep going when there's no oil is because they know if they admit it that God will probably have to pull it up from the root. So what Steph's talking about, that narrow road, it's the only way to obtain his presence as a people. And it's the only way to keep his presence as a people. And uh, I'm just going to leave it with this and then ask uh, Steph and Jess to pray and then we're going to receive communion. The narrow path is the Lord himself. Yes. It is Jesus. Yes. I'm not talking about some definition of God. He's the way. You know, the issue of the day is not amazingly who the Holy Spirit is because we live in an age where spiritual encounter is becoming more embraced in the church, right? I mean, who doesn't want to get healed? Who doesn't want to have a vision? Who doesn't want a prophetic word? But this issue of Jesus is the narrow way because he's the line in the sand. And that obsession, that addiction is pursued and protected in us. And what I want, what I want for us more than anything is that we would actually believe that it is all about Jesus. Yes. If we could just get there every day. And now, I, I actually said this as well in the back, it makes sense to hear David's words. Take not your yes. Holy Spirit from me. Why would that come from a man like David? One, he builds this tent where the glory of God is residing. 80% of the Psalms are written from that tent. But it's more than that. He's looking out over a kingdom, victories that he knows. He knows the real David. He knows David better than anyone but the Lord. David knows himself. He knows he's not that great. And you hear his heart's cry in that psalm. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. He knows that it's the work of the Spirit that gave him a kingdom, that destroyed his enemies, that gave him the vision of the tent, that gave him the musicians, that gave, all of this is from the Lord. And so church, this is Steph's coming it's not just a general arrival, at least I believe this babe, it's not just a general arrival. Her coming is a word for our church, family, 
this narrow road word that, that, that ran through me, Steph. It's, Lord, may we remain. Yes. May we remain on the narrow road. Yes. And, and may the addiction increase. Yes. You know? Yes. Babe, why don't you pray? Yeah, yeah, for sure. In just a few moments, we're going to take communion. I feel like it's just the perfect setting. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it just came to my mind um, two weeks ago. I dreamt that I was sitting in the balcony in the church, which is where I used to actually sit when I went to church here as a kid. And there were people in the balcony. It was not a lot of people. They were really spread out, very, you know, just a few here and there. And the people that were in the balcony, and the balconies, you guys are amazing. This isn't a knock at you at all, but the (laughs) ones in this dream, they were very disengaged. And I couldn't tell when I was sitting down here, but for whatever reason, this service, I felt I need to go into the balcony and just kind of see what it feels like up there. And there was just complete disengagement and people were just not there for the right reasons. And I remember it grieved me in the dream, and I thought, they're sleeping on God right now. They're sleeping on God. And I don't think it just spoke of the balcony. I think it speaks of the church in general. And as soon as I started to grieve in my heart, that it seemed like the church was asleep, and people were actually asleep in the dream, or on their phones, or just completely checked out. And then these hungry people started to come in. And it kind of, I think, stuff kind of hit on just the expanding when she was talking about her church. And these hungry people started to come in, and as they started to come in, they started, the people that were sleeping had to be pushed out, not because they were bad, but the hungry ones wanted Jesus so badly that the ones that had sleeping hearts, there was no more room for them anymore. And um, the thing that struck me was, I don't know why, but I think maybe I should share this, there were so many Indians, like from India, they were so hungry, I don't know if the Lord's going to move in that nation or maybe I don't know what that means but I remember there was a significant amount of Indians there was like a hunger and maybe it was because when you and I went to India with my dad we saw people that actually walked for the whole like week to get there to the crusade there was hunger I've never seen hunger like that in my life and I got the privilege of going all over the world with my dad and they were just so hungry and as the hungry ones came in many international people, but also Americans, um, their hunger overtook the entire room and everything started to expand. Like the, the, the building actually started to stretch and expand because there was no more room physically for people to fit into the building because the hungry ones have arrived. Wow. And um, as Steph was talking, I just feel that's what the Lord is doing, even to be really honest in my own life. Yes. I woke up in the middle of the night last night, I just thought, and I can be a little hard on myself sometimes, but I was like, Lord, I'm not doing anything sinful, but I feel like I'm just getting comfortable a little bit, or I'm just getting busy with routine, and I'm not seeking you as hard as I want to be right now, and forgive me. I like, actually, that's what I said this morning, forgive me, Lord, because like you were saying, Steph, like it could be permissible, but is it growing and stretching me and pruning me? And um, I told the Lord, keep keep doing this to me, Lord, like convict me just for the little things. If I'm watching Netflix and I should be praying, and that's not being religious, it's just saying my time was just going to the Lord, of course, but I was spending other time just doing things that don't matter. Mm. 
And I felt like the Lord is inviting us as a church. And I think with school starting next week, I don't think it's an accident that Steph is here releasing this today. Um, School starts Tuesday. I feel like it's time for us to jump into that river and just go deeper now. We've talked about it, but I think that season is here now for us as a church. And I just want to pray into that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I just wanted to say this. This morning, I was praying before I came, and I said, Lord, I, I meant to say... Let those things die to me. You know, what, like anything other than the Lord or his opinion. Let those things die to me. And I accidentally said, kill me to those things. Which is different. And, uh, but I meant, and then I went to say it properly to the Lord. And, I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, that's exactly what I wanted you to pray. That's, that's, that's exactly what I wanted you to pray. Whether those things die to you or not is not your concern. But one thing is for sure. You can ask me to nail you to the tree on a daily basis. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, did you want to pray or Steph? Or what are you feeling? Steph, why don't you pray? Why don't we all stand or get on your knee, whatever you feel to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, worthy are you. There's a lamb on the throne. Worthy are you. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy. We worship you. Blessed are you. We worship you, Lord. Instruments of praise here for your pleasure, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship. We're here for your pleasure, Lord. We're here for your pleasure, Lord. For your delight. Oh, for your delight, Jesus. We're here. We're here. We're here. Oh, we want our lives to bring you joy, yes, bring Lord. you great joy. Yes. Bring you love that you've dreamed of, Lord. Bring you the love that you're so worthy of. Oh, love tried and tested, Lord. A trusted, faithful bride, Lord. We, we come this morning and we pour ourselves out, Jesus, like water, like oil. <laughs> to say we love you. To say we love you. To say there's not another like you. Yes. Not another like you. The yes. Oh, nothing in heaven or earth. No one else. No Praise other voice. You. No no other touch. Praise you. No other gaze. Like who, who is like the Lord? There is no one. Holy, holy, holy. Let our lives shout this truth. 
that there is no one like Jesus the Christ, None like the Son of the living God. Oh, oh Jesus, give us this day our daily bread as we hallow your name, your worthy, wonderful name. Would you be our daily bread? So that we hunger for nothing else but you. Oh, Jesus, make us hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for what you love. Oh, Jesus, give us a desire and a hunger for what it is that matters to you most. Oh, Jesus. Oh, we need you. We need you. We, we throw ourselves on your mercy, Jesus, and we say we need you. We'll never stop needing you. We'll never stop needing your cross. We'll never stop needing your body and your blood, Jesus. Would you take from us all the things that have been good distractions, lesser loves deliver us from ourselves deliver yes. us from our lusts for a lesser living yes. for a different way Praise. keep us in the way keep Bless us in God. this man Jesus this God man Jesus Bless swallow us all in your presence swallow us all in your presence until nothing else remains swallow us all in your presence oh Jesus kill everything inside of us that would long for Egypt that would long yes. for another day yes. that would long for another touch that would long for the affirmations of men oh Jesus do what you have to do to keep us wash us with the water of your word And as we behold you as our magnificent obsession. Praise you, Lord. You are magnificent obsession that we, in your mercy and by your blood and your righteousness, that we would become like you. That we would begin to look like the bride that you desire. The bride of your longing, Jesus. The bride of your longing that we would look like her because we look like you. Smell like you, talk like you, walk like you. Oh, Jesus, we adore you. Let it ever be true that we've found all of our joy in you. That Jesus is everything. Yes. Keep us on the narrow way. Keep our ankles from turning. Keep our eyes fixed on you. Keep us in you, Jesus. Not by might, not by power, but by your precious Holy Spirit. Would you keep us? Holy Spirit, help us to see Jesus rightly, mm. that we would rightly live. Amen. Jesus' precious name. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.